Hey everyone, it's Candace Eisner back with you again this week with yet another episode. And this week we're going to talk all about Instagram for your business. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Hey, I hope you're all having a really wonderful week. As I'm recording this, it is uh, early December, and uh, it's snowing. And it's starting to feel like the holidays are right around the corner, as I'm sure they do in your corner of the world as well. You know, no matter what you celebrate, December tends to be, you know, a time of family and like lots of things going on in your life. And uh, yeah, I hope I hope you're doing well. I hope uh, that uh, your business is uh, doing well and that you're sort of surviving that busy season because for a lot of you, you know, if you're listening to this right after I release the episode, it's definitely the busy season right now for, for a lot of you. Uh, so uh, yeah, let's uh, let's launch into this topic. So this is the second episode on my social media series where we're talking about social media platforms you can use for your business, which ones might be right for you, which ones uh, you might enjoy the most, that kind of thing. I will remind you of two little things. First is that I have show notes now for all of my episodes. Um, I just started doing this recently. So if you know, if you go back way back in the archives, unfortunately, I don't have show notes for those episodes. But for the last, um, for the whole Candace Try series, I had show notes for those. And I've got show notes, of course, for this whole social media series. So if you go to happylittlebiz.com and go to the reading link, you can find uh, all the links in there for the various episodes. The other thing I'll mention that is uh, definitely in conjunction with the social media episodes is I do have a social media quiz you can take that's kind of fun, a way for you to just kind of get an idea on which social media platform of the four that I'm talking about might be right for you. So if you go to happylittlebiz.com social, or if you just click the quiz link, you can take the quiz, see what you think. Um, there's also a little freebie in there that you can sign up to receive. So yeah, lots of, lots of stuff for you on this one. If you want to use social media in your business, it's definitely a topic that I'm trying to cover as heavily as I can. Lastly, before we actually get into the, uh, the, the bulk of this topic, uh, if you have questions about using social media for your business, do feel free to email me or, you know, comment on one of my posts on IG. But my email is Candice at happylittlebiz.com. All right, so let's talk about using Instagram for your business. Uh, I covered Facebook in the first episode in this series, because I think Facebook is probably the most popular platform for most of you working in health or wellness. However, I think Instagram is probably the second most popular. So that's kind of how I went about choosing which platform to talk about next. So as before, I've got a list of things that I'm going to talk about and we're just going to dive right in. So first thing is some basics about using IG. I'm going to say IG sometimes. I'm going to say Instagram sometimes. It's the same thing, just in case that wasn't clear. So who is using that platform and what are some general statistics about Instagram? Well, one of the basics to get to know is there is one billion monthly active users with about an even split between men and women using Instagram. 
Now, what does this mean for you guys? It means that there is a really, really good chance that your target audience, the the ideal clients, the people that you want to be booking into your business are going to be on Instagram. However, just like with Facebook, when we talked about that, and just like with the other platforms we're going to talk about in two new future episodes uh, coming at you soon before the end of 2019, I promise, um, we do have a couple of caveats. One of the things about Instagram is that it tends to attract a younger audience. So more than half of the users on Instagram are under the age of 35. Now, sure, there are older people on the platform, myself included. If you didn't know, I'm over 40. (laughs) But be aware that if you are targeting, say, menopausal women, or you're targeting, say, you know, seniors who are just recently retired, or you're targeting like any kind of older group, you're going to find them less on Instagram than you might on, say, some of the other platforms like Facebook. And the same thing actually goes if you're targeting a really younger crowd. Say you work on mostly teen athletes. They're going to, some of them are on Instagram. Don't get me wrong. Like my, I have a, a niece who's almost a teenager and she's on Instagram. But, eh, you know, how many people under the age of 19? Well, the stats are showing that it's a very low percentage. Unfortunately, I didn't write it down for you guys, but it's like it's under 10% of the users on the platform. I'll tell you that. I think it's even under 5% or just right around 5%, something like that. So there's not that many people under the age of 19 using IG. They, they prefer other platforms. And the second caveat I have for you guys actually pertains to what I'm going to talk about in a second, which is the controversies around Instagram. So while it's a great platform for like marketing and advertising due to its like visual nature, it's like a lot of us love Instagram. It's one of our, one of the most popular social media apps for sure, Um. There's also a lot of bullying that goes on there, unfortunately. So there's stuff like body shaming, really nasty comments being left, people getting harassed, people like sliding into DMs with really nasty comments. And younger people in particular tend to get targeted with this stuff. You know, yeah, older people do, especially, I mean, if you're the type that's going around and leaving um, kind of... I don't know, uh, controversial comments on all kinds of people's posts, which I don't recommend you do that with a business account or any account for that matter. But if you're the type that's doing that, well, yeah, you know, you are going to get targeted with possibly bullying or possibly just people like lashing out at you for what you've said. Sure, you know, that's understandable. But well, well, we'll get more deeply into this, but basically what's happening is like people are just using the platform like like any normal person and they're getting harassed and that's not okay. Um, so what's happening is people are leaving, some people, I'm not saying it's like droves, but some people are leaving the platform. Some people don't aren't signing up for it at all. Um, younger people in particular are preferring things like TikTok or Snapchat over IG, or they might like cross post some stuff, but not everything. So it's just kind of an interesting thing uh, to think about if you do want to use Instagram for your business and your target market is quite young, like like under 20 you might want to think, rethink that plan or think about combining it with something else. And kind of the same thing goes with if you're looking like a, a really older crowd. There is some harassment issues there, um, but for them, it tends to be more of a preference thing. So now that I've t- hinted a little bit about like that bullying stuff, let's c- talk about controversies around Instagram. 
So one thing to be clear about, as we said last episode, um, I mentioned the controversy so you can make your own informed decisions. This is not me trying to decide for you whether or not you should use a platform. It's simply for you to know what's going on. And I'm only covering like the tip of the iceberg, as they say, with these things. Maybe you're okay with using a platform and keeping out of the controversial stuff. You just, you use it for what you need to use it for and you you let the that stuff be. You know, you don't want to get involved and that's fine if that's your decision. Or maybe you want to use the platform and you speak out against some of those things that you're seeing. That's okay too, you know. Um, it's really up to you. You have to make a decision for yourself as a business owner, as a, like just as a human being, but it's good for you to know these things because not everybody is aware that these things happen on social media. So um, so the first thing probably I should mention is that Instagram is owned by Facebook. Now, maybe you knew that, maybe you didn't. Um, to, to me, it feels like that just happened yesterday, but actually that happened in 2012. So that was not just yesterday. That was quite a few years ago now that Instagram bought, or sorry, uh, the other way around, Facebook bought Instagram. So all that controversy stuff I covered in the our, just the, the episode previous to this one about Facebook does apply on some level to Instagram because it's all owned by the same company. Um, so yeah, that stuff I talked about with privacy of your data and how it's used by advertisers, what things are permitted to stay on the platform, what things are blocked, what things are removed, that is similar or like the same essentially because again, Instagram is owned by Facebook. So you probably have at least the gist of that and go, you can go back and listen to the Facebook uh, episode if you want to have a little bit more information on that. A few other controversies I should note. One is the issue with fake accounts and fake followers. Now you may not or may not have heard about this. It kind of depends. Um, I think probably most of us using Instagram have heard about this because um, you get the fake accounts thing happening on Facebook too, by the way. But anyway, this kind of came about because being a paid social media influencer is 100% a thing these days. Instagram, I would say, is probably the most popular platform in terms of people being a quote-unquote influencer and making a lot of money on social media. Yeah, you know, YouTube is kind of in there, and we're going to talk about YouTube actually as uh, there's, I just ruined the surprise, but YouTube is the next platform we are going to talk about next week, how you can use it for your business. Um, there are definitely influencers on YouTube, but it's a little bit different. But IG, it's really like, uh, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But what ends up happening is that um, because being a paid social media influencer is a thing, you end up seeing all these fake accounts coming up because in order to be a, an influencer, quote unquote, you need, guess what? You need influence. That means you need to have a high follower account and what level that's at is, you know, dependent on the company you want to work with and stuff. And there's like all these definitions about like micro influencers and major influencers and all these different things. Um, but as well, accounts with higher follower accounts tend to get more attention and tend to get more uh, things uh, like more functionality out of Instagram. For example, the one you're probably aware of is like, uh, you need to have, I think it's, I think it's 100,000 followers. Maybe it's only 10,000, but you need to have a certain number of followers in order to get that swipe up in, during in Insta stories. You can't use that if you're someone below a certain follower account. I, I should have looked up the number. I don't remember what the, follow, I think it's 10,000 actually. So yeah, if you don't have those num that number of followers, you can't use that swipe up thing, 
which is kind of frustrating, right? Um, as well, uh, people with higher follower accounts can have their their account uh, in, um, verified. And verified accounts also tend to get a bit more like respect and, you know, more uh, attention on them from the platform. So again, you know, the more followers you have, the sort of you, the more benefits you get. But what people are doing is they are artificially inflating their follower account by having, you know, by like purchasing likes, purchasing follows. And a lot of those are fake accounts that are doing it. So this is a this is an issue, definitely. Right. And what that also means that lots of these accounts who, you know, have these fake followers and the fake uh, likes and stuff, the, the fake accounts that are actually like linked to these accounts that are the fake followers and, and et cetera, what they're going, what they're doing is like they're having these accounts go around and like leave like fake comments. So if you've ever seen like just kind of comments like from super random accounts that are just like a couple of emojis or like a comment like this is great that has like it seems to have nothing to do with what you posted about that's because of this issue that's because of these like fake follower fake likes stuff or you will have them comment on you like hey you should have more followers than you do use our service to get 20 billion zillion followers click my click the link in my bio to learn more and that's also really annoying like it's spammy it's just frustrating right and it's something that doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. So that's a bit of a controversy with uh, IG that's kind of specific to IG. Well, you see it a little bit on YouTube, but it, it, it's more IG than anywhere else. Now, speaking of influencers and like there's that whole sponsored content thing, I was just talking a second ago how like you can be paid for content if you're a social media influencer. This is something to be aware of. You can make money off your Instagram account if you want to. And if you want to, I respect that. That is cool. Now, if you have a large enough following, like enough engagement, enough uh, views, etc., that like companies will take you seriously and be happy to pay you for your influence, because that's essentially what they're doing, or that's exactly, it's not just essentially, it is exactly what they're doing. Um, you're going to quickly find yourself getting results, um, or sorry, getting requests in your DMs. So... Um, you'll have like all these companies start, you know, DMing you saying like, hey, we'd like to pay you for, you know, X, Y, Z. Or you'll, you yourself could reach out to companies that you respect and ask them if they would be interested in getting a, uh, to, you know, basically sponsoring you for a post or multiple posts or whatever. Just be aware that there's a lot of scams out there and there's a lot of fake stuff out there. So research any offer you get like to the nines, like Google it, research the company, see if other people, you know, who are legit have worked with this company, et cetera. That's really important. And it's also important to remember that I am talking about your business account here. Okay. Be aware of how sponsorships can look to your uh, ideal clients. You absolutely do not want to come off as a shill or someone who will just like take money for anything. I mean, yeah, we all like money. Let's be real here. We all like money. There's nothing wrong with having money. There's nothing wrong with having like, you know, extra money for a rainy day or, you know, to pay your bills or to go on a vacation or whatever. We all like money. Money's great. You know, money can, you know, there are issues with it in the world for sure, but I'm not going to pretend like money's not a good thing. You know, we all, we all, we all have 
things we want to do in life, right? But you don't want to actually have it seem to potential clients or current clients or customers or whatever, you know, you think of the people you're working with as that you're just, you know, you'll just take money for anything. And you don't want to necessarily link your brand and business with brands that don't necessarily have a good reputation. So when it comes to these kind of sponsorship type things, you really have to weigh whether a product or company matches your own business and brand. Is it a product you actually use? Or something that your clients would actually find really helpful? Even if you don't personally use it, but you are sure that your clients or you already have clients using it. Like they they came to you and told you about the product. That kind of thing. That's great. If it is something that is truly helpful to your clients or like you have personal experience with it and you think it would be helpful to your clients, great. You know, just be authentic with any of that kind of stuff. Otherwise, you could damage your own business and reputation. Is that really worth it for like, a you know, a few extra bucks on a sponsored post? Because like if you're not super experienced, you're probably not going to be getting like the super high offers that are out there, you know, for payment. And even if you say leave your business account to strictly business and use a personal account for like sponsorship stuff, like say you've got a personal account that's also got a high follower account, people are still going to see it and it's still going to affect your business. It's still going to be linked to you. So be careful about that stuff. That's all I'm going to say about that. Let's move on to the next thing. There's also the issue with harassment that I already talked about on IG, right? So it can be considered the platform with the most harassment, although, like I said, you know, it's on YouTube as well. But yeah. There are nasty comments, nasty DMs, and in general, people making totally wild and inappropriate comments on people's posts. Yes, even business posts. This happens. So while the vast majority of we business owners can avoid it for the most part, or just block it, delete it, etc., it's still frustrating. It's still hard to see when it happens. It still affects you. You're still a human being, right? And it's hard when it, it happens to like a friend or a client or whatever as well, right? So this is something to keep in mind. It's not to scare you off the platform because if you're already using IG, chances are, you know, you've either had a little bit of experience with this or you haven't really seen it too much and you're not too worried about it. But it is something to be aware of. Um, and just quickly, because I know that harassment also occurs on Facebook, but there is a big difference. Um, on Facebook, it tends to happen mostly in groups that you join. You, it's not super common for people uh, to randomly find your profile and start like DMing you or like commenting on anything public. Like say, you're, you know, there's not if you lock down your profile and make most things private, there's still like a few places that people could comment like your profile image or a few other little things that they could leave a comment on. Um, but it's not super common if you're like, say, not in groups or whatever for people to just randomly start like leaving you nasty messages. That's just not common. Most of the harassment tends to happen in groups, right? Or yeah, like basically groups that you join, right? Um, but on Facebook, they, they have like checks and balances for that. Like there's like admins of the groups, which like if you're on a good group, hopefully there's good admins who are getting in there, deleting comments, banning people who are being, you know, like over the top. I mean, sometimes you just have to suck it up because someone's, uh, someone's opinion is different from yours. But yeah, on, on Facebook, there's like more checks and balances for that. There's admins that can handle it. There's ways to like flag comments, etc. On Instagram, there's not that filter. 
people are making comments literally on your own profile or they're commenting at you on something that you like a comment you left for someone else. Um, it's a lot harder to kind of avoid that stuff. So that's something to keep in mind. That's all in terms of like the difference between Facebook and Instagram in terms of harassment. Again, if you're not really experiencing the harassment thing, maybe it's no big deal for you personally, but it's just something to be aware of that can happen and to be prepared for it, especially if you do get a fairly high follower count, you will get more of that kind of stuff happen to you simply because you're getting more attention. So let's move on. Let's talk about setting up an Instagram account. So Instagram, as you might accept, expect, is very visual focused. After all, it's all about the sort of the photos or the, the, the graphics that you create to go on your account. So you have to be kind of a visual minded person. We'll talk a bit more about that in a second. But some things to think about in terms of setting up your account are number one, you want to have a nice photo or your logo as your profile image. Now I will say most people respond better to some sort of selfie or actual image of the business owner as being like their profile image. However, if you're just not comfortable with that or you don't have a nice photo you feel comfortable using, that's fine. Use your logo, use something that is related to your business. Don't just use like something super random or don't like not put a profile image. You definitely want to have something in there, you know, something appropriate, obviously. Um, you also want to fill out your profile with all the relevant information, um, but think in terms of SEO here. So think of what people would be looking for and be very clear on what it is that you do and you have to offer in your profile. So my own business mentors uh, like to tell people to think of it, think of your two word tango and then expand on things from there. Now, what's a two word tango? First off, I have to give credit to the Zooks at Wandering Aimfully for that term. Those are my, that's my business coaching uh, group that I'm in. But what is a two word tango? It's a quick two word explanation of what it is that you do. So people can put you kind of in a, like a mental box and decide if like this is something they're interested in right away without having to like look through half your profile to figure it out, figure out what the heck it is that you do or what the heck it is that you offer. They can see it right away. So for example, you, your two-word tango might be massage therapist or holistic nutritionist or sports coach or whatever. You, I'm sure you get the idea. You want to make sure that that two-word tango is in your bio somewhere. And you can also put that in your account name. So I'm not talking about your username, but the displayed account name. So for example, if your name is Rebecca and you're a massage therapist, you could make your account, your name, again, your profile name, not your username, Rebecca, comma, massage therapist, right? Because you should remember that your name and your username are searchable on Instagram. So this is why you want to have that two-word tango or something relating to what you do in your name and possibly also in your username as well. It kind of depends on what usernames are available, right? Another thing I want to draw your attention to, because not everybody is aware of this, is that you can put links to other accounts and hashtags in your bio. Now, obviously, choose well and be like, you know, be smart about this because you only have so many characters you can put in your bio. But this can be helpful if you have like hashtag that you use, use a lot. If you have like a branded hashtag, like I use the hashtag happy little biz, for example, it's I think I'm like pretty much the only person that uses that. Um, that kind of stuff. So 
Yeah. You can also link a personal account if that is appropriate for you. So for example, you know, you could put in your business account, you know, you probably don't want to write it this way, but like, you know, I'm Rebecca, massage therapist. You can also follow my travel adventures at whatever, you know, the whatever at Rebecca Travels is your, probably somebody actually owns that username, but you get the idea, right? If it makes sense and you want people who are looking at your business to also look at your personal account, you could do that and vice versa. You can put on your personal account your business. I do that actually myself. Finally, you have to think about how you want your account to look on Instagram. It's very visual, so you want photos to give off the same vibe or feeling that you're trying to convey. Now, that doesn't mean you need to hire a professional to take all the photos of you and run everything through the exact same filter and like spend hours and hours and a lot of money on your account. Like there are people who are very successful and they it's mostly DIY, right? Um, but that does mean you need to take time to think about how your photos will look sitting next to each other on the grid. That's what we call like the, the posts, like the static posts, the square posts on Instagram is the grid. In case you've never heard that term before, I'm going to mention it again. So you want to think about how things look on the grid. Um, this is another place, by the way, where Canva can really do you a lot of good because you can create Instagram images using Canva and then you can reuse those same templates over and over and over again. So it gives your account an air of professionalism um, and kind of makes things uh, all look nice sitting next to each other. Helps keep your brand aesthetic, basically, if you want to think about that, without costing you a lot of money other than like your own time, really. So those are the things to think about when you're setting up your Instagram account and as you start to fill in posts regularly. Now, let's talk about who IG is best for. So you probably already have an idea here, but IG is really super visual. So it's best for super visual type posts. So, you know, photographs or video, um, you can post short videos to the grid. And there's also, of course, IG stories. Um, IG is also great for reporting things kind of as they happen. Um, Again, you know, it could be you could post like one uh, series of photos about an event you attended to your grid and you could also do a whole Instagram story about the event. Right. So that's another thing you can do. And IG is also best for reaching people a bit more broadly. So remember how we talked? Well, if you listen to that episode, we talked about how Facebook, you can really like hone in on individual neighborhoods in your city if you are in a larger city. On IG, it's a little bit harder to do that. I'm not saying it's it's impossible. It's a little harder. IG is better for a little bit broader audience. Now, it doesn't mean you can't reach clients in your area. It just means it takes a little bit more work. So often people in your neighborhood um, find your business via another method. Like this is normally what happens with, I'd say, the majority of businesses, such as like they find you from your website or they see your business card somewhere or um, a friend mentions that they see you or whatever. And then they look you up on IG because a lot of people look up businesses on Instagram. That's extremely common. It's one of the most popular places. I'd say Facebook is probably number one. Instagram is number two or vice versa. They're kind of they're kind of almost neck and neck there. So I don't think it's a waste of time if you have a very localized business to use Instagram. Don't think it's a waste of your time, um, even though it's harder to kind of target local people on Instagram. You can do it. You can tag locations. You can use hashtags related to your neighborhood. It is possible. It's just a little harder than on a place like Facebook, right? 
But if you say you have your account and people look you up because they found you through another way, what it's, what's useful for is getting to know your business before actually, you know, booking in because seeing those posts about who you are and what you do and, you know, what you have to offer and they're visual and it's kind of comforting in a way to see those things. And if a client follows you on Instagram and say they haven't booked in in a while, but you, you're posting regularly and suddenly one of your posts pops and they're like, oh yeah, oh my God, I could use a massage right now. Or like, you know, oh my God, I haven't gone for acupuncture forever. I really need that or whatever. That's really useful too. So don't think that because, you know, Instagram is a little bit less localized that it's it can't work for a business that has like a specific location. Like, because a lot of you are service providers with a specific location, right? It can definitely work for you. It's just working a little bit differently than those of us who run like an, a fully on, a mostly online business, right? Now, Instagram is also great if you love to take video and have fun with the stories feature. Like this is definitely a great feature. You can really build up a strong audience that way. I know people who have been basically become Instagram famous because of their stories. Um, people love them. They not only really love to watch stories, um, but uh, there are people out there that actually don't really scroll through grid posts very much. They mostly just go on Instagram just to watch Insta stories. I'm not joking. There are people that like rarely look at stuff, the static posts. They almost always just look at uh, Instagram stories, which is kind of fun, right? Um, I, I get that, you know, there's like the, there's like the interactive element to it, even though, you know, well, I mean, they can DM you and stuff, but like, it's not quite as interactive as being face to face, but still you get to know somebody a lot better through their stories versus, you know, static grid posts. And another thing to think about with Instagram in terms of like it being good for your business is that people are very willing to follow business accounts on Instagram, like super willing. One stat says that about 70% or more of people follow business accounts. That's really high. It's way higher than Facebook where people are more likely to like look at your posts and like a few, but not actually like your page on Instagram. There are so many people that follow business accounts on Instagram. Like I said, 70% or higher of people out there on the platform are following business accounts. So it's to your advantage to use Instagram if you're comfortable using the platform. Now let's talk about who probably shouldn't be using Instagram in their business, even if they're using it for personal reasons. So let's be real here. If you don't like taking photos, you hate selfies, you don't like creating videos, Canva scares you, you don't, you just are not a visual person that way. Well, like, Instagram is not for you. Even if you use it for your personal life, even if like you're using it to like chronicle cute pictures of your pets or you're using it, you know, to post the occasional vacation photo, but you're mostly using it to keep in touch with friends and family. Don't use it for your business if you're not comfortable with all that visual stuff. You have to be comfortable with it. And again, the second thing is remember what we said about who uses the platform. If your main target audience is outside that 18 to 34 age range, you're probably better using a different platform or using IG in combination with another platform. Now let's talk about some issues with uh, Instagram in terms of posting, okay? So we talked in the, I keep going back to it, but because they're owned by the same company, there's a lot of interrelational stuff here. Um, we have the same problem with organic reach uh, on IG as we do on Facebook because they are owned by the same company, right? So 
people find, especially over the last couple of years, that the amount of sort of likes and the amount of comments on their posts have really gone down. It is much harder to get your content seen by people than it used to be. You have to pay for boosted posts a lot of the time. Another issue with uh, Instagram in terms of posting and getting your content seen is that it used to have a chronological display of posts. So, you know, you could post at a certain time of day and people would most likely see your posts because they're around on the platform at that time. But these days, the posts are mostly mixed up. Like, yeah, you do see posts as they come out, but it's also mixed in with stuff that was posted 16 hours ago and three days ago and whatever. That confuses the heck out of me, even though I'm used to it, even though I know it's a thing. It's so oh, it's like, I'm like, oh, that's cute. I didn't know she was at that event. And then meanwhile, it was three days ago. <laughs> So I'm like, what? So yeah, that's a really kind of frustrating, weird thing about Instagram is things are no longer chronological. And that's why you might have seen brands asking you to like, comment on their posts as it tells the algorithm you want to see their stuff, right? Like all platforms have this issue. Instagram definitely has this issue. Now that said... That those whole issues about like organic reach and like non-chronological and stuff said, some reports are saying that engagement on Instagram is much, much higher than on other platforms in general. I've seen it reported that around three to five percent um, of people are like engaging with your posts. And that sounds like you're like, oh, my God, only three to five percent. But like, remember, that's actually higher than on Facebook, where it's only like one percent engagement. Like people might see stuff, but they're not actually like clicking like. They're not actually like commenting. They're not, you know, following through with the thing you asked them to do. They're literally just reading it and scrolling on by. So it's actually higher on Instagram than it is on other platforms. Um, so while only a small percentage of your followers might see a post if you don't pay to boost it, it is higher than on Facebook and engagement is much better. So uh, interesting, right? Something to consider if you're going to use Instagram. And while I'm on this topic, let's talk about hashtags in terms of like getting your posts seen. So they're important on Instagram, but be aware that you can't just copy and paste the same list of hashtags to every post on your grid. Do not do that. I know people do it. I know people are told to do it by like so-called Instagram gurus. Don't do it. You need to post tags that are relevant to your specific post. And that doesn't mean you can't reuse hashtags. You can, I do it, everybody does it. Just don't use the exact literal cut and pasted list of hashtags on every post because Instagram is going to stop showing your content if you do that. They're going to think that you are spam. Now, how many hashtags should you use per post? You're probably wondering that because like everybody wonders that. And honestly, we don't know the answer for sure. I have seen people say that you should use all 30 to get the highest engagement. I have seen people say, you know, somewhere between 10 and 15 is the magic number. It seems to be maybe industry specific, although I don't have statistics on you guys as health and wellness people. Unfortunately, I don't have that information because it's like it's just not available, at least that I saw. There's there's people that are guessing about it. But, you know, so my advice to you guys in terms of hashtags is to experiment Try like for a few weeks to post, say, 10 to 12, maybe 14 hashtags per post. And then try for a little while, say, like another few weeks to post 30 per post. 
and compare and kind of go from there and see how many hashtags seems to be the sweet spot for you. And another bit of advice I have on this, and it's advice I've received myself, is that tagging a location in your posts uh, definitely gets you higher engagement. So I strongly recommend that, especially since the majority of you, not all of you, but the majority of you have a physical location that you practice out of or you work out of. So tag that location or tag your neighborhood or tag your city or something like that, um, because that will increase your engagement. And finally, just the thing that I think is a really good to be aware of in terms of Instagram, in terms of engagement, in terms of getting people back on your website and actually booking an appointment with you or buying your product, because that's ultimately the thing that we really want. Instagram does not allow links except for the link in your bio. And if you have enough followers, it also allows you to do the swipe up thing to a link in Insta stories. But yeah, if you're commenting to people, you can't link to stuff. You can link stuff in DMs, but you can't link stuff um, on like on grid posts and anywhere else. Only in the link in your bio. That's why you see everybody go, hey, go to the link in my bio. If you didn't realize, like if you're newer to Instagram or you just aren't so into the platform, you didn't know that. That's why. Literally the only place that you can put links is the link in your bio. So if you're trying to get people to go to your website and book an appointment, you're going to have to kind of like describe to them in the comment, like just say, for me, it would be like, oh, go, go to happylittlebiz.com and click the work, you know, work with me link and you'll learn more about that. You know, so you'll have to do the same kind of thing like, oh, hey, to book an appointment, we go to, you know, your website URL and click the book now button or whatever. So just keep that in mind. Now let's talk about how often to post because people really want to know that. What I recommend based on my own research both with my personal account as well as uh, my business account, as well as researching this um, from various sources, I recommend something between three to five times a week to the grid and daily to Instagram stories. Now, those of you who follow me on Instagram might notice that on my business account, I don't tend to post as often to the grid. It's more stories. That's just a personal workflow thing. But in terms of higher engagement, um, especially for you guys who are, uh, especially for those of you who are like appointment based or you're trying to run a promotion or anything like that, um, three to five times a week is probably what you want to be doing. The focus really should always be on quality, not quantity. I think people sometimes think with social media, you have to like blast stuff like hourly. Okay, maybe I'm joking a little bit here, but people kind of think you need to be like pumping out posts all the time in order to get them seen. That's not really what you want. Three to five times a week should be plenty. And then daily to stories if you can manage it. If not, you know, just post the stories as often as you feel comfortable doing it. Like try to mix that into your workflow. But yeah, quality over quantity. Use relevant, useful hashtags that don't have millions of entries on them already. By the way, that's a hint about hashtags is that like you, people think they should be targeting the hashtags that have like 5.2 million uh, entries. Don't do that. Target the ones that are way under a million. I mean, it's probably best to not do like the ultra, ultra niche ones that only have 100 entries. Somewhere in between there, something like with thousands of entries is probably your best bet because you're more you're more likely to get your content seen from that hashtag because it doesn't scroll off literally in seconds, right? Um, and you have a much higher uh, rate of getting put in those top posts section if your hashtags are just in the thousands, like there's thousands of entries as opposed to millions of entries, right? It's all about, it's all about like who you're competing with, basically. I know that feels a little weird, but that's how these things work. 
And also, as we said, you know, you should tag posts with your location if you can and tag other accounts that are relevant. Just, you know, just don't be spammy about it. Don't just like spam people and like tag them because like you're trying to get seen and not because like it's somehow relevant. So an example of this I can tell you about that's I think is an awesome example is tattoo artists in Toronto that I follow. Um, or like tattoo artists all over. Actually, I follow tattoo artists in, in multiple cities, actually, just because I like their style. I like their work. So they often tag other tattoo accounts that feature artists, right? So what that'll do is A, it'll boost the visibility of their post. And, and also, it will potentially have them reposted on that reposter account. So for example, you know, they might uh, they might be a black work artist and they might tag a an account that features other black work artists. And then what will happen is that that feature account will, you know, repost their stuff, which gets them more visibility. So something to think about if there is such a thing for your business, what it is that you do that you could like tag some uh, other accounts that might feature your post or mention your post or even just come and comment on your post and say like, oh, hey, that's that's a cool service. Oh, hey, I hope you're doing well today or whatever. Another thing you can do is you can tag suppliers in a photo if that makes sense. Like if you're you're featuring a product or you're talking about the massage lotion that you use or whatever, you can do that. Or if it's appropriate to what you do, thinking about privacy law, you can also tag a client if a client happens to be in your photo as well. Again, that is specific to what you do. Some of you, that would be a big uh-uh, and others of you, that would be totally fine. It just, it depends. So, you know, filter that through your own rules, okay? Your own, like, professional rules. Now, let's talk about what kinds of things to post. So we've hinted at a lot of different things, but let me give you a running list of ideas in case you need some. Now, as always, if something I say does not work for you for any reason, that is okay. My audience on this podcast is fairly broad. I have massage therapists and I have people who are not massage therapists, right? Some of you are regulated health professionals with very strict rules. Some of you are not, right? So take these ideas as what they are. They're just ideas. If you don't like an idea, that is totally fine. You don't have to use it. It's just to give you some ideas to kind of run with and make into your own. And most of these work as both grid uh, posts as well as uh, Instagram stories. So keep that in mind too. Maybe something, you know, you're like, I don't really want to do this grid post, but you could do it as a story. So first off, posts that are like all about me or like five weird things about me or get to know me, those kind of posts. Let your audience know about you, get to know you a little better, get more comfortable with you before they actually book an appointment with you. That's one uh, really, really great idea that you can try. On the same vein, there's like day of the life posts, uh, that kind of thing where they follow you through what you're doing in a work day or, you know, something appropriate to what it is that you do. Like, for example, if you uh, say are a massage therapist, I often use that as my example, but say you're a massage therapist, but you're, you know, you're going to the gym to do your workout. You could answer story about that. Like there's there's nothing wrong with that because you're 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 sharing like health and fitness, right? As long as you're comfortable with that. You have to be comfortable with that. If you're not comfortable with that, then forget what I just said. But that could be something related to like health and wellness that's not directly related to what you do, but it is related to like having a healthy lifestyle, right? Another thing you can post about is like behind the scenes stuff. So like 
uh, behind the scenes of uh, working on your business behind, you know, you could post jokes. I mean, I, this again, in massage therapy, we joke a lot about laundry. You could post, you know, doing the 10th load of laundry of the of the day. You know, you could post stuff like that. You know, it's it's funny, but also it doesn't have to be funny stuff. It can be, you know, behind the scenes of planning out a new blog post for your website. It could be behind the scenes of um, an event that you're going to be attending and some things that you're doing to get that set up or whatever. Let people see sort of behind the curtain what's going on in your business. People like that kind of stuff. Obviously, you can also post about openings in your schedule you want to fill or upcoming closures or business or business administrative type stuff. People do appreciate seeing that. And it's also helpful for you, obviously, if you're trying to, you know, fill a, fill a slot or whatever. Another thing you can post about is like fitness, wellness, health, et cetera, tips, recipes, ideas, product recommendations, all that kind of stuff. That's a that's probably an obvious one as well. You can also post jokes, puns or everything, you know, those kinds of things to give people a lift in their day or on a similar vein, you could do inspiring quotes that kind of go with your brand and your business. Now, obviously, with those, you do want to be a little bit careful. Um, off color humor may or may not be appropriate to your business. It depends on, you know, who you are and what you do and what you're comfortable with. But just kind of keep that in mind that your business account and your personal account are kind of two separate things. So be a little bit careful with that kind of stuff. But still, you can definitely, definitely do that. Post, post jokes, post puns, post inspiring quotes, whatever, you know, you think people would enjoy reading and kind of, again, you know, it, kind of gives people the vibe of your business or, you know, what you're about and who, what you're like. Um, people appreciate that kind of stuff. You can also feature another account, like reposting their stuff. Remember how I talked about with the tattoo artists and getting them featured on other accounts? You can do the same thing. So you can repost somebody else's post either because it's like a cause you believe in or because your audience would enjoy or appreciate the content or it's something that you want to make people aware of or whatever. You know, that's another way to get content. And again, Insta Story or The Grid, you can do both. And finally, seasonal posts. So there's the holidays, like like actual, you know, holidays we have like Christmas, New Year's, Hanukkah. Uh, Easter, uh, you know, uh, Labor Day, like whatever, you know, you can post about those things. You can post about the changing of the seasons. Um, but you can also post about these silly social media holidays that we have, like National Donut Day, you know, um, or the more serious ones like not like sort of International Mental Health Day, those kinds of things. So I will put in the show notes um, a link to a social media calendar that you can see all of those hashtag days. Now, I mean, obviously, like, I don't think any of the social media calendars cover every single last hashtag day known to man. Um, but certainly we could, you know, we can cover like a lot of them. So it'll just give you an idea of the types of things that you can post about. Because sometimes that, sometimes this stuff is interesting to your audience. And sometimes it helps uh, boost your post visibility by using those hashtags that everybody else is using that same day. So it's just something to keep in mind. Now, I want to note here about running ads on Instagram. So ads on Instagram are tied to a Facebook account. So therefore, unless you specify otherwise, Facebook ads are run on IG and IG ads are run on Facebook. That's just the way it works. So the costs and processes are similar on both platforms. Like, honestly, it is. But I'll repeat what I said really quickly in the previous episode about Facebook. So number one, you don't have to have a big budget to see results from ads. You know, yeah, it's true. Like, 
there's a difference between saying $15 a week and spending $250 for the whole month. Like you are going to see more results if you spend more money. That's just at least I normally you will see more results. I can't guarantee that, but normally you will see more results if you spend more money. Um, but even so, like $10, $15 for a week, it can help. It can help get your your posts more visibility, your account more visibility, your business more visibility. So it is something to keep in mind. It is it is worth considering. For example, for me, if I do a boost, boosted post with a small budget of say 20 bucks for two weeks, I end up getting 10 times the reach than I would normally get with my posts on, on Facebook. And Instagram is actually a chunk of that reach. So I recommend experimenting with it for a month to see if it just does anything. Most of us can afford to spend, you know, 20 to 40 bucks just to test something out. So it's worth a shot, right? Um, But do note, you do need to think about who is going to see your post, right? You can't just kind of like boost it and say like, I want everybody everywhere to see it. You have to like use the stuff within um, it, it. Again, it's mostly Facebook. Uh, even if you're only posting the the post on IG, the filtering system is very similar because it's within Facebook's like uh, system, right? If that makes sense. In other words, um, just because you're posting an IG post doesn't mean that you're using you're not using similar filters and features that would be on Facebook if you're boosting a Facebook post. It's all integrated, right? So you want to make sure that you're targeting people that are actually in like your sort of ideal audience. Don't just target, like I just said, don't just target everybody everywhere. Think about like filtering down to actually people who might be interested in your content and you'll see better results. And I can also say from personal experience that my ads get more views and engagements on Instagram than they do on Facebook, believe it or not, most of the time. Um... Even if I boosted it from Facebook to begin with, a lot of my click-throughs and engagement come from Instagram. And that comes back to that whole thing we said earlier about there is more engagement and more interest on Instagram than there is in Facebook in general, if we're talking about all posts. So it's just something to keep in mind when you're running ads. Now let's quickly talk about software you can use to help make your life a heck of a lot easier on Instagram because it is such a visual platform. Well, the stuff we talked about with Facebook or, you know, all previous episodes uh, with like the various uh, social media platform uh, planning, uh, sorry, the social media planning platforms like Hootsuite, Later, Buffer, Planoly, there's a bunch of others. I'll link to those in the show notes, like I said, you know, you can check those out. It's basically ways for you to plan out your social media content in a visual way. There's also Canva, which we talked about, where you can go in and for free, you can create very nice graphics, very nice things that you can put in your in your stories. It helps, you know, make your posts like pop and come to life a lot more. And there's also a variety of apps you can use to help with your videos and your stories to help them come to life. Two that were recently recommended to me that I suggest you check out are one over. So there's a free version as well as a fairly expensive paid version, but the free version is actually pretty decent. Um, so it's worth just, so just go into like your app store um, and search for over or like over app. And if it's the one that's all about like making like videos and Insta stories, then that's the right one. 
And then there's also an app called Mojo, which I've been recommended. And I, I like this one as well. Um, the free one is somewhat limited, but it still has a number of great templates in it. Um, Mojo is just for stories. So over, you can use it for grid posts that they have templates in there for grid posts as well as stories. Whereas Mojo is just for stories. They don't, they don't do like the square grid post thing. Um, but it's a cool way to liven up your video multimedia type posts. And again, I'll put links in the show notes. And uh, I want to make it clear that both of those are available on Android and on iPhone. I'm I'm not being, I'm not being a you know snob to Android users or a snob to to iPhone users. Both of those apps are available on both platforms. Luckily, so if you're no matter what kind of phone you have, unless you have like a Windows phone or something like that, you're you'll be able to check out those apps and see what you think and see if it can liven up your uh, your posts. So that was a lot of information for you guys today. Uh, let's talk about some, some conclusions about using Instagram for your business. So it is a great platform if you're willing to put in the work to make you know your your posts very visual, very nice looking, very appealing. It doesn't mean you have to be a professional photographer. It doesn't mean you have to hire a professional photographer to follow you around all day like you're some sort of famous person. This is the paparazzi. No, no, no. You just have to put a little bit of thought and effort into it. That's all. You know, use things like Canva or the two apps I just talked about in order to, you know, get things looking nice. And you do need to put some effort into sort of like composing your shots and, you know, making things look nice. And one thing I didn't mention earlier is that there are courses out there that you can take at low cost, um, whether it's like on YouTube videos or whether you look on Skillshare for these things if you already have a Skillshare account or you know you want to try a, like a couple month free trial and do it during your free trial there are actually courses out there that teach you how to take nicer photos with your iPhone or your like with your phone in general like you can have an Android phone too like whatever kind of phone this is really helpful especially if you're not sort of naturally really good at photography, like you're okay at it, but like you could learn more. There are all kinds of tips and tricks out there to improve your photography. And that just makes your Instagram posts, whether they're on the grid or in stories, just that much better, right? Just, yeah, you do need to be willing to put in a little bit more effort than like, you know, random selfies and random snapshots. That's all, just a little bit more. It doesn't have to be hours and hours and days and weeks and months, but a little bit more. And remember that many people look to Instagram to learn about businesses. So it is worth your effort to try out as long as you're comfortable with Instagram as a platform, especially if your target audience is under 35 or at least like a chunk of your audiences. It doesn't have to be your whole audience is under 35, but if it, like if you know some of your audience is under 35, it might be worth checking out. And again, you know, there are us older people on the platform. I'm certainly on Instagram all the time and I'm in my 40s, but you know, statistics show that it's mostly people under 35. That are, well, it's more people. I shouldn't say mostly, but it's more people under 35 that are on the platform. And like we said with Facebook, if you don't like the platform, if you are not comfortable with Instagram, if you think Instagram is terrible <laughs> for whatever reason, or you don't want to use it for your business, then don't. Like nobody is saying you have to use it. Like even if You've listened to this episode and you're thinking, yeah, there's a lot of good reasons for me to use Instagram, but I'm still not comfortable with it. It's okay. Just find other ways to market your business. You know, focus your efforts on an email newsletter. Focus your efforts on getting, you know, uh, just 
marketing your website in other ways. There's there's so many other things you can do to get people into your into your books to book more appointments. Um, it doesn't have to be Instagram. All right. That is it for this very long episode. I hope I have covered the basics for you guys on Instagram. I hope it's given you some food for thought. And I will be back with you with the next episode very soon. And like I said earlier, I kind of ruined the surprise. We're going to be talking about YouTube in the next one and all about creating uh, content on YouTube and how you can monetize your account, but you may not necessarily want to and all that kind of stuff. So stay tuned and uh, yeah, have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Hey, well, thank you so much for listening today, everyone. I really appreciate your time and the fact that you decided to join me in listening to this episode. Show notes are now available for podcast episodes and they contain links to helpful resources and other information. So please do head over to happylittlebiz.com and check out the reading link. I've got show notes for individual episodes there as well as articles on other topics for building a happy health or wellness business. Also, if you'd like to learn more about me, my background in healthcare and wellness, as well as, you know, what I'm doing with this current business, my website is the best place to do that. And I've also got links to my social media over there if you'd like to follow me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And again, my website address is happylittlebiz.com. All the information is there. Now, while I got you, I'd like to mention I truly do appreciate it when people leave me a rating and or depending on what you want to do, review over on iTunes. So if you like this podcast, let me know by doing that. Just look up Life Beyond the Massage Table on iTunes and then click that Ratings and Reviews tab to leave your own rating or review or both. Okay, that's it for this week. I'm sure you have other things to do, so I'll let you get to them. Have a wonderful rest of your day and here's to building a sustainable, small health or wellness business all on your own terms. Talk to you soon.